We want to go in the word of the Lord today. Always an honor to be behind this this desk here. And uh, let's stand and honor the word of God and turn in our Bibles to Philippians 3. Verse number 8. Give honor to our media dudes and dudettes that do that. <laughs> You'd have to see the clip to know, know that. All right. <laughs> uh, verse 8 Yea, doubtless. I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. Preach from this scripture many times. For whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, waste, that I may win Christ and be found in him not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. I'm not, I'm not preaching from this angle today, but just to stop there for a second. That word that says I, that I may know him is very akin to talking about the intimacy of relationship of and Adam knew Eve. not in a sexual context, but in that type of closeness, oneness, and intimacy. It's important that we dissect the word of God for what it is. Paul was saying that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Yeah, they all go together. Being made conformable unto his death, if by any means, somebody say whatever it takes, I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after. If that I may apprehend that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended 
but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things. Somebody say forgetting. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Here it is, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I press, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to talk today for a little while on how to have a victorious attitude. How to have a victorious attitude. Would you raise your hands and pray? Thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you for the reading of your word. Thank you, Lord, that your word's forever settled in heaven. Thank you, Lord, that your word will accomplish that which it is sent out to do. Do a work in our lives. Do a work in our spirit today. Oh, God, bless and anoint your humble servant today to speak words of wisdom and knowledge and guidance and counsel and comfort and help and encouragement and strength. Answers, Lord, through your word in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Clap your hands in Jesus' name. You may be seated. I don't like squeaking when I'm up here, so I did what Pastor Rab did and pulled this pulpit back so we don't stand here and squeak. Amen. How to have a victorious attitude. Some people, you just glance at them and Huh? Anybody know what that is? That's what they're demonstrating. Gloom. Maybe a losing attitude. Maybe a defeated attitude. How do you make a deep? But I believe the word of God And I believe examples that we find in the word of God show us how to have a victorious attitude. I think somebody in this place today needs to understand that the same victorious life that was enjoyed by the apostle Paul is available to every believer I said every believer, the same victorious attitude. It really is possible for common folk like you and me to become mighty in spirit. Come on, somebody. Become mighty in spirit and experience the same triumphant lifestyle the apostle Paul experienced. Did everything go good for Paul? Was it always hunky-dory? Was it great? No, it wasn't. I would say the majority of the time it wasn't. 
Yet we find a victorious attitude. We find a positive attitude. We find a winning attitude. We find somebody that says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We find somebody says, hallelujah, I am gonna keep on pressing. I'm gonna keep on looking at the reason why I'm really here. I may have been through valleys. I may have been through storms. I may have been persecuted. I may have been hated, hallelujah, but that's not the end result. I am going to keep the right attitude. I am going to be victorious. Praise God. In this passage of scripture, we see some of the secrets of Paul's spiritual power. And again, I think one of the biggest secrets of Paul's victorious life was he had one of those winning attitudes. He was a high achiever. I love to be around high achievers. Do you know that high achievers spend more time failing than they do winning? What's the difference? They have a winning attitude. They have a victorious attitude. They believe that though I have failed, though I have been defeated a hundred times, I am going to be victorious because I'm going to keep marching. I'm going to keep pressing. I'm going to keep my eye on the prize. I'm going to do whatever it takes. (laughs) Hallelujah. I didn't come to stomp on anybody's toes today. I come to encourage someone in the house that you can do all things through Christ. You can be victorious. And furthermore, you should be victorious. And even more emphatically, there's no excuse for not being, oh, maybe I did just step on a toe. (laughs) Praise God. How to have a victorious attitude. Praise God. That word retreat was not even in Paul's vocabulary. He had developed the heart of a champion. Praise God. The apostle Paul reveals in his words, in his letters to the church, that he had a driving determination to win. I feel this message today that, that, that someone has maybe lost some of the drive. Somebody has lost some of the vision. Some, somebody has, has feel, feels like you've been beaten down and, and, and you just don't know if you can push on through. But I came to encourage you today, you can be victorious, but it all starts with a victorious attitude. We've said it many times before, it's gonna have to be today a checkup from the neck up. See what's going on in that mind of yours. See what kind of attitude you have because attitude provides, it determines what, brother, brother Tom? Attitude determines altitude. It's pretty important in flying. Praise God, what's your attitude? 
in order to have a victorious attitude, I'm going to throw one at you here. You've got to have a dissatisfaction. You've got to have a dissatisfaction. Many Christians today have become satisfied in their walk with God. They're no longer moving forward with God. They just sit, soak, and sour. Ooh. Not Paul. He had a victorious attitude. He had a winning attitude. He knew that there was more to be gained by drawing closer to the Lord Jesus Christ and he tried every day of his life to draw closer and closer and closer. Paul was expressing his dissatisfaction of his present condition. You can feel good about your present situation, but don't get too satisfied with your present situation. Get you a righteous dissatisfaction going on with, I'm not where I need to be yet, but I'm gonna get there. Praise God. Somebody say, I'm not where I need to be yet, but I'm gonna get there. Praise God. You've got to speak it. You've got to have a vocabulary of faith. Praise God. You've got to choose your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Praise God. And faith comes by speaking what you've heard and what you've felt. Speak it into existence. Just like God created the heavens and the earth, you will create a new future. Praise God. Paul was expressing his dissatisfaction. Paul never permitted himself to become content or satisfied with his spiritual attainments. Many of us here have had great spiritual attainments. But Paul, though he was satisfied with Jesus, he was dissatisfied with his own spiritual progress. The great apostle Paul was dissatisfied with his spiritual progress. Whew. That's heavy. He said, I count all things but loss for the excellency, the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. So the first essential progress in the Christian's life should be a sanctified dissatisfaction. Praise God. Read about a salesman coming out of his sale, his sales manager's office. <laughs> I can definitely relate. Outside of being a pastor for 37 years, most of the time when I'm doing anything outside of the church, it has something to do with sales. 
But this salesman, he came out of his sales manager's office with a discouraged look on his face. The secretary said, what's wrong, Harry? Have you been fired? He said, no, it's not that bad. But I sure got chewed out about my sales record. I can't figure it out. For the last month, my sales have been high. I thought he would compliment me. Instead, he ran me out. Later, the secretary questioned her boss about the situation. He just laughed and said, Harry's one of our best salesmen, one of the best we've got. (laughs) And I'd hate to lose him. But he has a tendency to rest on his laurels. Everybody know what laurels are? He has a tendency to rest on his laurels. He becomes content with what he has done and and satisfied with his past performance. If I didn't get mad at him about once a month or so, he'd never produce. (laughs) Praise God. Don't wait for the sales manager or don't wait for, for, for God or don't wait for the pastor to light a fire under your laurels. <laughs> Hallelujah. Get the victorious attitude that Paul said. All that stuff I've already done, I count it already as lost because I'm looking and I'm pressing. There's more ahead. I've got a dissatisfaction with the present and I'm pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling that is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Hallelujah. As Christians, we often have the same tendency. We tend to become too easily satisfied and content with past accomplishments. I've got a few I could throw out there. It made me pretty proud at the time. But they are absolutely nothing now. They mean nothing to you. And all they are for me is precious memories What am I doing right now in the kingdom of God and what are my plans for tomorrow in the kingdom of God and what are my plans this week and this year for the kingdom of God? That was the victorious attitude that kept Paul running and drove him and made him lay awake at night in his bed saying, tomorrow's a new day. I may have not gotten it accomplished today, but I'm gonna accomplish it tomorrow. Praise God. Praise God. So this is a sales meeting. Many Christians become self-satisfied and here's why. They compare themselves to other Christians. I hate to say it, but depending on which bench I chose today and which individual I sit beside, watch out. If I compared myself to you, this is real heavy right here. Would I be compelled to do more or feel satisfied 
that I've already probably accomplished more in a lifetime than, you know, I don't know. Some of you I could sit beside and I would feel, I don't care if I am a pastor. Some of you I might could sit beside and I could feel really condemned that I wasn't doing enough. But some of you I could sit beside and I could say, well, if that's the line I got to get to, I've been there for a long time. All I got to do is sit on my laurels if I'm going to compare myself to you. Now, turn that around. If you're looking at somebody else and continually comparing yourself to them and it seems like they're doing an okay job and you're doing at least as good as they're doing, then surely you ought to be all right. Hogwash. You cannot compare yourself to other people to get a warm fuzzy down in your heart that says I'm doing all I need to be doing for God and I'm plugging along just fine. That ain't right. Uh Uh-uh. For one reason, some people have more talents than others. Amen. And I think the story of the talents in the Bible still applies. Many times it's the people that have so many talents that are doing nothing but the one person who has just one, he's doing everything in the world he can. Praise God. So let's not compare ourselves. The Bible says it's unwise. Don't compare yourselves one to another. Praise God. But it's easy if you just look at somebody else and compare yourself to them to say, okay, I'm satisfied. I'm doing okay. Nope. We must learn that our standard as a Christian is not other Christians. Our standard is the Lord Jesus Christ. (laughs) Hallelujah. So in order to have a victorious attitude, we must have a sanctified dissatisfaction. In order to have a victorious attitude, you must have a devotion. Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things that are before, I press toward the mark. Paul was devoted. Somebody say devoted. Paul was devoted to one thing, serving Christ, growing in Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus said to the self-righteous, rich Young ruler, one thing lackest thou. He was doing everything right, but one thing, which happened to, by the way, be the most important thing. So we can busy ourselves doing lots of things and leave the one thing undone. Praise God. But Paul said this one thing I do. Praise God. That was a whole different story than the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler wasn't doing the one thing. 
Paul was getting the one thing done. Praise God. And I'm challenging the people of God today to get the one thing done. And that is to be like the Lord Jesus Christ. That is to grow up in stature as he grew up in stature, finding favor with God and with man, temperate in all things, doing the one thing. I could preach on that a while. Praise God. David said in Psalms, one thing have I desired of the Lord. And then what do you say? And that will I seek after. Praise God that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Hallelujah. One thing. But then there was another one, not only the rich young ruler, but Jesus told Martha, Mary and Martha, the sisters of Lazarus, he said one thing is needful. There's some element of this picture missing. One thing is needful. Rich young ruler, one thing lackest thou. And I've preached before licking what you're lacking. You gotta lick it. Don't lack it anymore. Right? So most Christians are rendered ineffective because they are involved in too many things that don't have anything to do with the one thing. Did that just bounce off our heads? Christians are sometimes so busy with so many things that don't have anything to do with the one thing. Let me say, if you're involved in many things and they all have to do with the one thing, that's still just one thing. <laughs> Is that as clear as mud? Praise God. If you're involved in all kinds of stuff, it all has to do with the one thing, it's all the same thing. Praise God. So be careful. Have a dissatisfaction, but don't have a distraction. You're going to remember all those, right? Satan's deadliest trick for keeping you from doing what God wants you to do is to distract you by getting you to do many good things, but not doing the one thing. We got to be like Nehemiah. In chapter 6, 3, he said, I'm doing a great work and I can't come down. Praise God. He had one thing in mind and it was rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem that had been broken down. Praise God. And since he had one thing in mind, Hallelujah, those Sanballat and the governors and all kinds of people uh, uh, threatened him and mocked him and this, that, and the other. Uh, hey, God was working. God provided everything they needed. 
And if you get your mind set like Paul had his mind set and like Nehemiah had his mind set and like David had his mind set, God will give you everything you need to accomplish the mission. Praise God. In order to have a victorious attitude, you have to have direction. It's part of why we preach. Amen? It's part of why we teach. That's especially why we get into the word of God. You've heard it since you was a kid. This is the road map to heaven, my friend. The Bible is the road map to heaven. You want direction on how to get there? Get in the word of God. Hear the preaching of the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Praise God. That's right. How do you hear without a preacher? How does he preach? Except he be sent. Praise God. I may have not been sent for a lot of things, but I was sent to deliver this message today. Praise God. Somebody's got to change your way of thinking. You've got to quit letting the devil beat you up. You've got to get rid of that doubt in your mind. And all the other disturbances that can keep you from being on track and having a victorious attitude. Hallelujah. Paul had a past life just like us. Hear me. Boy, what a sketchy past it was. Scandalous. Murderous. Oh my goodness. You talking about somebody off track. You talking about somebody going the wrong direction. He had to get a new direction. And somebody under the sound of my voice today needs a new direction in your life because the direction you've been walking hasn't been taking you where you need to go. It has not been toward the high calling that is in Christ Jesus. It has not been about the one thing. So there's gotta be a dissatisfaction. There's got to be a devotion and then there's got to be a direction that you're inspired in a new direction. Praise God. But Paul had a past just like us, but he said, what did he say? I forget those things that are behind me. Quit beating yourself over the head about some of the stuff you've done all the way up to before you came to church today. Come on. I want to encourage you, child of God. Quit beating yourself up. If you ask God to forgive you and you meant it, it's done deal. Now get back on track and get a new direction and think about the one thing and get a victorious attitude. Hallelujah. Because I can do all things. Hmm. Paul was saying, I refuse to be influenced and controlled by my past. Did you know you can't move forward if you're always looking backwards? Boy, that's really smart, isn't it? You can't move forward if you're in reverse. 
And you can't be in both gears at the same time. Come on, truck drivers. You cannot. <laughs> Satan would like to get you to live in the past. He would like to remind you of all your past failures, sin, and mistakes. The devil would like to accuse you over and over and over and over of sins of which Jesus Christ has already forgotten and don't know what you're talking about when you come again and again to something that's covered in his blood that has been cast as far as the east is from the west and somebody said the sea of God's forgetfulness. Praise God. Somebody needs to understand if you're beating yourself up over the head or if you feel like you're getting beat over the head because of the things that you've done that are under the blood, then there's nobody responsible but doing it except the devil and you. So stop it. Stop that. Cut it out. Praise God. Do, do you believe the blood still works? Do you believe that there's forgiveness when you repent? Do you believe it's temporary? Come on. I hope I just helped somebody today. Stop right now. <laughs> and quit beating yourself up. Praise God. Far too many Christians are shackled by events in the past. I've talked to scores of people. There's people that aren't in church today because oh, I've been hurt. That sister that I sang in the choir with, she just was vindictive and this wasn't Christian at all and I, I can't go to church with people like that. Or that pastor, he said the wrong thing to me. Huh? And there are people that are out there, oh, there's hypocrites in that church. So I'm, I'm not going to church. Okay, you be a backslider and let them be a hypocrite because if... If you let a hypocrite get between you and God, they're closer to God than you are. Got it? Praise God. Put that mess out of your mind. The devil is working on you over time and he don't want you to have a victorious attitude. Praise God. If you want to win this race, you can't live in the past. You got to forget the things that are behind you. As the musicians come.
In order to have a victorious attitude, you've got to have a determination. I love that old song. I hate the first verse, but I I do. I mean, it, it it's depressing, but I but I love where it goes into the course because well, and this may fit somebody today. I need to sit down, do this. Oh no, my heart was distressed neath Jehovah's dread frown and low in the pit where my sins drag me down see why I hate that verse But then it said, I cried to the Lord from the deep miry clay who tenderly brought me out to golden day. He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet on the rock to stay. He put a song in my heart today, a song of praise. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> mm. The Apostle Paul had a steadfast determination. <laughs> he would not quit. He would not turn back. He would not give in. He would not throw in the towel. He would not slow down, but he pressed toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me today? Not only do you have to have determination, you've got to have, and people don't like this one, discipline. You can't even say you're a disciple unless you practice discipling. Discipline. Praise God. Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but only one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate or balanced in all things. They do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we do it for an incorruptible crown. And so Paul said, I therefore so run not as uncertainly, so fight I not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body. If you're going to keep the victorious attitude, you've got to keep under your flesh. You, and I've said this before, like a mechanic on a creeper. You know what that is? That's a little flat board with four wheels on it. He gets on that creeper and he goes under the body of that car 
and he finds out what's wrong with it. So why did Paul say, I keep under my body? I'm looking for things that are gonna keep me from moving on down the road and doing the thing. And I wanna tell somebody, you just need to move on down the road from some of the things that have been hanging you up. You need to let go of some of the past. And you even need to let go of some and, 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 and just, just forget about some of the great things that have happened in your life and say, that's not gonna do me any good now because God has great, incredible new things ahead for me in my life. Praise God. Praise God. I wanna open up this altar right now. I know there's not a whole lot of room to pray up here, but crowd around somebody in your area there or, or something, but, but let's pray as a church family right now. Hallelujah. Draw me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord. Hallelujah. I am determined to hold out to the end. Praise God. I've got to have a victorious attitude. Praise God. I've got to focus on the one thing. Oh, hallelujah.